Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hi again. How are things? Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it that you decide to spend some time with me each week on your journey, wherever it's taking you. I started doing a new thing this week, which you might have already seen or heard. I'm calling it Midweek Mindfulness. And each week, probably on Wednesdays, I'm going to release a really short podcast episode that's just a single tip, trick, technique, breathing exercise, some sort of something you can do in the moment for chakra balancing, grounding, calm, expansion, five minutes or less of in-the-moment self-care. My hope is that you'll find a couple that work really well for you and take them into your life for short-term and long-term benefits. And don't worry if not everything is your cup of tea. Try each one and see what you like. And then let me know. That way I can give you more of what works and less of what doesn't. I decided to do this actually pretty spur the moment. I was just really inspired to do something like that. I talked it over with a close friend and within a couple hours, I had the first one up and that was this past Wednesday. But sometimes inspiration that seems like it came out of nowhere has actually been percolating in your brain for a while and the answer comes in a divine download. In addition to the podcast episode, I'm diving into video, which is way outside my comfort zone. So you'll see podcast video clips on Instagram and Facebook. So follow your chakra coach there if you want to see those. I'll also post the full video episode to the Patreon page, which you can also join if you like. Of course, I'll link to those in the show notes. But on to today's topic. I talk to so many of you through messages, coaching, emails, and and sometimes it feels like the number one thing we're struggling with is self-love. Not only do we not even really know what that looks or feels like, we don't know where to start. And it feels totally out of reach. And we feel bad that we don't have more self-love because people are always talking about how important it is, including me. I talk about that all the time. And while it's true, it's not really helpful sometimes to know something is important, but be totally clueless about what it is or how to do it. And I know when I feel like that, I get embarrassed and it makes me want to not even try to just go along pretending I'm fine. What about you? Is this a no, it's just me moment? I kind of don't think so. Kind of don't think so. But if self-love seems out of reach, what then? I was listening to a podcast because I'm a podcast nerd and I listen to them all the time. And this one was about Buddhism. And the interviewee mentioned the term self-like. He kind of just said it and then never followed up as this was a thing that we all just engage in. And I had to pause the podcast because I couldn't concentrate on it anymore. My brain was going a million miles an hour about self-like. Is that like... Is that like when we don't want to commit to saying we love someone, so we say like? Is it the beginning stages of love? Is it platonic, how we feel about our friends? We like people. We like our coworkers. We like other people's children. What is 
self-like. So, of course, I spent my days pondering it, and while I think it can mean a lot of things, the most useful thing I came up with seems like the most obvious. Self-like is something we can do when self-love seems too hard, which is funny because that podcast, when I finally went back and listened to it later, said that self-like was harder than self-love. I don't know. Maybe it is. You'll have to determine that for yourself. But today, let's consider if we can use self-like as a starter for self-love. Or honestly, let's just let it stand on its own too. We never get to self-love? Okay, no problem. We can learn to nail self-like. And side note, in my exploration of the term, I saw that sometimes self-like is a term for when you like your own post on social media, but that's that's not what we're talking about, of course. Also, like your own posts if you like them. Don't let someone else tell you you can't. Okay, I got sidetracked there. Self-like, self-like. I started thinking about what we mean when we like someone or something. We have a fondness for them. We think nice thoughts about them. We don't get all obsessed about it and let it fill our every waking moment. But when the person crosses our mind, the sensation in our minds and bodies and hearts is pleasant. We don't spend time worrying about how we can like them more or if we're doing it right. And there's no stigma. You can just like whoever and whatever you like. And and isn't that one of the things that holds us back from self-love? The stigma? Like, what will people think if I love myself? I don't know about you, but... Growing up, girls who loved themselves were stuck up. If you like the way you look or think nice things about yourself, you're a snob. Girls bond over saying horrible things about themselves, like that scene in the Mean Girls movie. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just dating myself with that reference. It doesn't matter. It's true. Whether we realize it or not, we could be walking around resisting self-love because we think it's arrogant or something to be avoided. And then our adult self wants to learn to love who we are now. And the internal conflict is really tough to get past. And even tougher if we don't know it's there. So maybe just thinking about that will help to relieve some of it. Do you have an aversion to self-love because of what you think it says about you? Or what it said about you as a teenager? Self-love is a challenge because it brings up a lot of insecurity. We immediately think of all the reasons that we shouldn't love ourselves, all our perceived flaws, all the things people have told us are wrong with us throughout the years. And that's a long-term project to process and recover from those kinds of traumas. So I'm wondering if self-like gives us a way station, a place to be while we figure out what the road to self-love could be and if we want to get on that road at all. Let's talk about what self-like could be. First, it takes the pressure off. I don't have to love myself. It's not a big deal. I don't have to make some sort of eternal commitment. I can just hang out with myself and see how it goes, which is probably the first thing we can do in self-like. If you like someone, you want to be friends or see about what a romantic relationship might be like down the road, you hang out with them. You spend some time together. We could do that with ourselves. Again, no pressure or anything, just hanging out, not trying to look down the road, not wondering if we should be doing something else or more or deeper, but some solid hanging out time. See what we think. Take a walk with yourself. No music, no podcasts. And I always hate to say that, but really, 
not even me in your ears. Just take a walk with you. And you don't have to think about anything specific or try to solve your problems or look deeper into your life or try to figure out what you want. Just take a walk, like for fun or some other activity with just you. Go sit on a park bench with yourself. Look at the world around you. Go get a coffee. And instead of playing on your phone or reading a book or working, just sit and drink the coffee. When I try these things, I'm always afraid I'm going to be bored. So I like the activity of a walk. I think the important thing is that you're not distracting yourself from your time with you. How would you know if you were making a new friend, if you like a new person, if you just stare at your phone or you wear headphones the whole time you're hanging out? Another thing we can do for self-life is just take care of ourselves. And in my episode on self-care and self-love, number 131, if you're interested, I talk about how self-care is long-term. But if we're working on self-like, there's so much room for shorter-term care. Get a pedicure and enjoy the experience itself. Just hang out with your feet. Again, maybe less distraction so that you can get to know you a little better, just like making a new friend. Book a massage. This is a good one because I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to check Instagram or read a magazine while you're on the massage table. Something I've found useful for self-like as I've been exploring it these past few weeks is to just have fun. I always feel like I have to be doing something to make myself better, always reading a book about personal development, always engaging in growth of some kind. So I decided to self-like and read a fun fiction book. And oh my gosh, it was so fun. We don't always have to be making ourselves better. I'm not sure that's self-love or self-like to be constantly engaged with changing ourselves. We need a break from that, or at least I think we do. I mean, you know I love growth and the work of finding my authentic self, but come on, can't who I am right now be good enough for just a minute or maybe forever? Self-like lets us do that. We don't try to change our friends or the people we like. We like them for who they are, even if there are things that aren't perfect probably because there are things that aren't perfect. And we can extend that same courtesy to liking ourselves. Again, we're not loving ourselves right now because that's too hard, but liking is no problem because it's so much less work. We can feel like we have to love every part of ourselves, which is a lot, but we could like some stuff without pressure. You can like how committed you are to your kids. You can like how you get excited about something really niche like local birds. I don't know where that came from, but what what do you love to see or do or talk about? You can like how you geek out about it. What a fun part of you. Liking makes room for silly things, whereas self-love can feel really serious. I mean, love, it's serious, but like? Like's low-key, and there's room for lots of like. We love one person, but we can like hundreds or thousands And maybe self-like leads to self-love. And maybe it doesn't, but it's not going to make our lives worse to like ourselves and take liking action, make liking decisions for ourselves. It's just like, no big deal. And if you want it to, self-like could lead to growth. You could discover that you don't like a part of you. Okay, we don't like parts of all kinds of people, but it would never occur to us to just dismiss that person completely because we don't like one little part of them. 
Certainly, we aren't going to change other people to make them more pleasing to us, but we could do some self-discovery on ourselves. Do you like how quick you are to laugh, but like less how quick you are to anger? Okay, great. Tap into your natural compassion. You like that about yourself. I just I just wonder if self-love isn't too big sometimes, too all-encompassing. And I just... I just want to offer the mild version, the tamed down version, and make self-kindness a little more accessible. So what are you going to do this week for self-like? Take an action. Identify a part of your personality that you like. Be brave. Pick something. Literally anything, however big or small or silly or serious. Do you like that you're a good cook? Do you like that people can count on you? That you know everything there is to know about Lord of the Rings. There are so many likable things about every person. So we're, we're just going to find a couple this week about ourselves. And maybe we'll even take ourselves out on a date or just hang out for a bit with ourselves. It's just, it's just like, not some big commitment. When self-love seems too hard, too much, too far away, let's try self-like. That's what I've got for you this week. I like you, in case you were wondering, and I can't wait to talk again soon. Maybe for midweek mindfulness. Bye.